Welcome to the uh, new season of the Give, Receive, Improve podcast with Lisa Lam and Sawana Ali. In this podcast, we will be discussing specifically around the core values of trust and empowerment and how trust and empowerment allows you and your team to create exponential results. So as always, in this podcast, we would like to answer two key questions, and they are one, what is the significance of trust and empowerment? And two, how can we go about developing trust and empowerment in our teams? So let's get going. All right. To answer the first question, what is the significance of trust and empowerment? So in our previous episodes, we've essentially covered one of the key building blocks to trust and empowerment, and that is centered around personal uh, authenticity and integrity. Without authenticity and integrity, it is very difficult for any one of us to develop trust, much less develop trust with the people around us. So one of the key things that we need to note when it comes to this word called trust is that I'm sure all of us want to be known as someone who is trustworthy or dependable. And one of the flip side of trust or one of the things that is uh, hard for people to realize is that trust is something that is developed over time. It doesn't just happen overnight, uh, but it comes with lots of hard work and consistent effort and consistency in how you do your actions as well as decision-making process. And so as a natural extension of trust is once trust is established, you are then able to move to the next step, which is around empowerment. Because no one is able to empower or transfer control or authority to someone else if they don't trust you or if you don't trust that other person. So Sal, what are your thoughts around trust and empowerment? Well, Lisa, that's really interesting. Do you know what came to mind when you talk about that just now? No, what? <laughs> the first thing that came to my mind was Dr. Wong Chek Yun. Okay. <laughs> okay. Because from my point from my point of view, Dr. Wong Chi Yun, who was our colleague then, right, in Microsoft, yep. uh, is a working model of what you see is what you get. Hmm. So I think he is very authentic and I really had the pleasure of working very closely with him in a number of key projects those days. And you know what? I actually would trust my life with Dr. Wong Chi Yun because he just appears so authentic. He always puts the person that he's talking mm. with or the clients at the center of everything and that's his priority. And he's really honest. Yep. When he talks about something, he will tell you what he can do, what he mm. cannot do. There's really no secret about it. So it's what you see is what you get. So yep. that's in terms of authenticity. He is very real. So I relate to him very well from that standpoint. And the second factor that I observed that he possessed was competency. Competency mm. or logical thinking is very important because when we want to trust somebody, we would basically gauge, does this person really know what they're talking about? Yeah. So I believe that Dr. Wong Yun, from my experience, practically demonstrated his competency at the very highest level all the time. And the key, uh, the third point that I've observed is really about empathy. He could relate to different walks of life. He could talk to clients from very different backgrounds. And the most important thing is if he wasn't sure, he would ask 
Mm-hmm. He will ask, how do I deal with this person? Do I say this right? Do I not say this right? Because um, that shows a very high degree of awareness on his own weaknesses. So I really appreciate that. And we can really predict on, you know, the outcome mm-hmm. of a meeting and things like that. So that helps a lot. So that's basically a good um, working model of what you're talking about in terms of earning trust. And the key drivers to earn trust is really about having these three key uh, three key uh, things, which is number one, uh, just now I mentioned about the, the fact that he is very authentic. The second one is his competency. And then the third is empathy. So these are the key drivers of building trust. And, you know, whenever I'm with him, I always feel that I'm so empowered. Like, Mm. I can basically address anything. I can uh, just solve any problems that my client has. So that's really a good feeling. I feel safe with him. So this is an example that I've experienced. So Lisa, talking about this, um, how do you think we build trust from your perspective? Yep, that's a great question, Sal. And uh, it was also a great example because... um, I can remember when I, this was even before I officially joined Microsoft. In fact, when I first graduated, I went back to Malaysia. And, you know, one of the, one of the companies that I went for an interview was Microsoft, right? And at the right. time, they didn't have any openings. That was way before. And I remember you know, having an interview or a discussion with the GM. And there was no mm-hmm. position. And the guy said, okay, why don't you go to this training room and just listen And I went to this training room and the person that was giving a talk at that time or a training was Dr. Wong. And he was giving (laughs) a talk around Windows anti-server. I don't know if anybody can still remember that, but that was what he was talking about. or That was what the training was. And I thought to myself, wow, this guy is so smart. (laughs) When I grow (laughs) up, when I grow up, I want to be just like him. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so right. that was that was my little uh, initial experience with uh, Dr. Wong, and yeah, you're right; he's a great guy. So coming back to how do, how would do we go about developing trust? Now, as what we started out earlier, we said that essentially there are two key components. One is around personal leadership, so that's about you and how you carry out um, your actions, your words, and obviously your consistency over a period of time. So that centers around authenticity and integrity. And like you correctly pointed out, Sal, there's also an element that you need to be competent, especially in the workplace. One of the things that I've always found fascinating uh, with companies Mm -hmm. is this concept of team building exercises. I don't know if you remember them, but (laughs) I can officially tell you I never enjoyed them. Okay. (laughs) I never thought that you could build trust in a workplace by jumping off a tree or, (laughs) you know, doing flying fox exercises or building a canoe or whatever it is we're trying to do as a team in the outdoors, right? Because in the outdoors, I would trust a GI Joe, Mm -hmm. right? I would trust someone who can start fire from nothing because they have the skills to do it. But that same person with the skill of uh, starting fire from nothing, if that person in the workplace is not able to, um, you know, do programming as an example, if he's a programmer, I'm not going to trust him to do more programming jobs, right? No matter his ability to be able to start a fire in the jungle. So you're absolutely correct that in the workplace, you do need to have a certain level of experience, a certain level of competencies and skills as part of the trust building exercise. So it needs to be pretty relevant to what you're doing. 
And second to that is the ability for you to then do it consistently. So for example, um, I would trust someone who is able to demonstrate over a period of time that he or she is able to execute a campaign successfully. Obviously, I'm not going to give someone who has no experience a big project to do as a start. As a responsible leader, I would not do that. As a responsible leader, I would slowly empower the person with a smaller project. I would obviously uh, guide and mentor and coach and develop the person accordingly before, you know, progressively the responsibilities increase. So one component of how you go about developing trust is the fact that you progressively give or empower. And you progressively do that based on experiences, based on um, how they've carried out what they have done, as well as the level of authority that you give them um, as they progress. So obviously, um, I think we all know situational leadership. As part of the quadrant where you have a very experienced and competent person, obviously empowerment and trust is at the highest because you know that they can do it. And therefore, your role as a leader is to basically coach and guide. But if someone has, uh, is new or the competencies are much lower, your leadership style will have to change accordingly. And as part of that, you then develop trust at a very different level. But net of it is how we all develop, how we all develop trust is around uh, our experience and interaction with the individual where they are at in terms of their personal leadership uh, situation. And, and that obviously center around, centers around authenticity and integrity. And lastly, it's about how do they demonstrate that consistently over a period of time. So from my perspective, those are the three key areas around personal leadership, uh, consistency in what they do and what they say, as well as demonstrating over a series of projects, how they perform and, you know, and therefore accordingly, how you would empower and trust the individual. From your perspective, Sel, what do you think are some of the core components in developing trust? Yeah, that's very interesting, Lisa, because the example that you talk about, that sounds like empowerment leadership to me. And it is a reiterative process where you keep on improving from one point to another. Which brings, um, which brings back to, which, which is a good um, setting point from how I see it from the perspective of building trust. Because coming back to the drivers, just now I talk about authenticity, competency, and empathy. So I think as a leader, if you want to know how you're going to improve from, the, uh, from building trust or to, to develop the skills of developing, um, of building trust. Let me repeat that. My sentence is not quite. So if you were a leader and if you are trying to improve your skills in terms of building trust, all you need to focus on are these three key drivers, which is authenticity, competency, and empathy. So the thing is, in every engagement that you have with people, be it your team members, be it your boss, be it your partners, so the key thing is you always evaluate it from the perspective of how do how did I do in terms of authenticity? Was I authentic when I talked to you just now? The second part is was I did I dom demonstrate that I was competent on the subject I talked to you about? Do they believe what I said? Because you can basically infer 
and deduce this from the way they react to whatever that you're saying. And then the third one is really empathy. Yeah, I relate to them very well. So you just go through these three key variables every time you engage with anyone. So, and from that perspective, you then reflect on which area that you're kind of shaky. Yeah? For instance, I may be talking to you and I'm kind of shaky on the empathy part. So I know that, oh, what did I learn here? So I need to then improve a little bit when the next time I see whoever that I'm going to be seeing yeah, from that perspective. So that's how um, I would think that we should build it. Focus on the drivers. And we must be honest when we do this kind of self-assessment. So gradually, um, you would be able to entrust and then your team members would definitely recognize that. And naturally, then you would become, you would be practicing environment leadership just the way like how you describe it just now, Lisa. But the thing is, as far as leaders are concerned, we are always very keen basically in terms of having results the real results what basically that we're going to achieve at the end of the day so this is where the exponential performance from our team is very important what do you think a leader should do in terms of creating these exponential uh, results from the team members the moment trust is built any thoughts on that lisa yeah that's a great question sal um like you said i think all leaders they're all looking for results. I think all of us are measured based on tangible results. And I think there are basically two parts to look at it. The first part is um, what is not empowerment? And to be very clear, empowerment is not about a leader abdicating his or her role. So we're not saying I give you all control and I am hands off and I do absolutely nothing. Right? You're on your own. Go and figure it out and just give me the results that I want at this date, at this time. That's not true leadership. So what is empowerment in its great essence is the fact that as a leader, you are giving authority, you are giving empowerment, you are giving ownership or control of something to an individual. The other reality is as an individual, let's say it's just me, I can only do so much. I could probably do A, B, C. But if I'm able to influence and get more people to do it, that's where your exponential results come into play. Because let's imagine you have a team of, I don't know, five people. If each one of these five people can then do three or four different things, from you, one person that can do three, immediately you can already do 30 new things that you could never have done on your own. And therefore, your results would, expo would be exponential already. If you totally empower them and they are obviously competent and experienced to do it. The other part I think I want to look at from a results perspective, and that's where real exponential results come in, is not so much the absolute number. I think we talked about in our previous episodes that sometimes the absolute numbers in itself does not truly reflect what success looks like. A lot mm -hmm. of success um, in a company perspective, yes, you look at the absolute number, but the real success of any team it's not just the achievement of your targets or your goals, but how do you go about achieving it? And how is the ultimate outcome of your team? So as an example of that is, if I achieve a sale target as a team, but my team is totally disjointed and they are totally competitive against one another and they're not working well at all. It, in, a sense, in essence, they are a dysfunctional team. I would not consider that to be a successful team because they may achieve this result today, but they may not be, and for, for sure, 
they probably will not be able to achieve results when the going gets tough because they have never worked cohesively as a team. But if as a team, there is trust and empowerment all around, you achieve a number, but the way you have achieved the number would probably create a team that is more creative, more inspired to do their work, more motivated to come to work, and to just basically be en enjoying one another's company and to get the job done. Now, I remember there was a period of time in Microsoft where that was exactly the case, where we had a great team atmosphere. We obviously achieved good results and we just enjoyed coming to work. I remember waking up thinking, this is going to be a great day. And I was passionate mm. about what I was doing. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed the work. And you could see the people around you just generally enjoying what they're doing and they're loving it. And that, I think, is something that is very priceless. And it's kind of sad when you, don't, when you see in a company where people don't feel excited to go to work, right? Or they yeah. are just doing it because, you know, they just want to get the sales results. They want to get the numbers. And I think for all of us, we have experienced a genuine salesperson who really wants to help you as opposed to someone who is just doing it for the sake of meeting a quota. You can, you, we are human beings, so we can kind of sense when uh, the genuineness or the authenticness <laughs> of an individual. So I, to me, the exponential results come in two folds. One, the actual numbers. And the second is the, uh, the atmosphere and the environment that it then develops and the teams and the uh, just the cohesiveness of it that comes as a result of part of getting the results and the individual growth that comes out of it. That to me is where true trust and empowerment gives you exponential results. Uh, so what do you think of that, Sal? And how would you think a leader can, uh, can get this or can empower his or her team to get those sort of results? That is so true, Lisa. I couldn't agree more. I think we need to look at it from the perspective of performance, potential, and attitude to describe you know, the, the well-being of an organization because having fun and enjoying going to work. I remember those days that you mentioned as well. Huh. It's so easy for me to get up. <laughs> it was very easy. You know, and I was kind of looking for, oh, what's going to happen today? I do remember those days very well, even until today. And the atmosphere was very different, the dynamism and the kind of enthusiasm, you know, and everything is, everything was like, we could do this, we could do this well. And everybody was really high, uh, it was a really high performing team. Yeah, so from that perspective, um, it, we are really looking at the, uh, the three key elements that I mentioned just now, you summarized it very well, which is performance, potential and attitude. But specifically on building um, trust and exponentially so that we, so that we get an exponential result, I do believe that it is not mutually exclusive. It's very, it's very inclusive from the perspective that if I was the manager or the leader and I did so much to basically earn trust from my team members, then I would expect a reciprocal relationship, which means that they need to keep their part of the bargain and they need to earn trust from me as well, right? Because how could you empower somebody if you do not fully trust that you could do the job well, for instance? So I think it's very important to create an environment or ways or approaches for your team members to basically building their skills in terms of earning trust. I think they need to know how to do some kind of self-assessment on their specific 
demonstration of performance in that three key drivers that we talked about just now, which are authenticity, competency, and empathy. I think they need to keep on doing that just the way how a leader does it, you know, mm -hmm. just the way how you do it. So I think you should basically create a culture of so-called earning trust. Or maybe we call it with a better name, empowerment leadership, as basically the culture and the values of your department of, or your organization with integrity, yeah. trust, and everything in it as the core values. So this, that's my point of view in terms of building exponential results from that perspective. So I just wonder, it's like this juncture, do you have any other pointers? What do you think? Yeah, I think we've discussed actually a fair, fair bit, fairly briefly. I think what I want to emphasize is that trust, like any other successful attribute of any leader, is one that is built over time and is one that is built in the quietness of uh, you working hard at something that no one mm -hmm. else sees, right? Because mm -hmm. it is one where it is all the blood, sweat, and tears that goes into hard work that builds your credibility yeah. that nobody sees. It is your faithfulness to the boring stuff, right? It is you being committed to doing the hard things when no one else wants to do it or no one else seems to uh, care about doing it. It is you taking you know, your time and to take pride in what you do, even when it seems insignificant. So a lot of these uh, things are hidden from people. What people see is mm. when you get the award, right? But the real, um, I think the real development effort is in these hidden moments that people don't see. And one of the things that I think we want to emphasize in our podcast is these are the hidden moments that we need to value and these are the hidden moments that we need to develop. Because you cannot be a leader that is trustworthy until you're able to build trust with others as well as with yourself. Because you need to be able to trust yourself to do certain things as part of your competency. As an example, when I first started at Microsoft, I was the product manager for developer tools. One of the best things about being the product manager of developer tools is no one knows anything about developer tools, <laughs> right? In fact, in other words, no one cared about the revenue of developer tools because it was fairly small by comparison to Windows or Office. Now, the great thing about that is I had full empowerment to do whatever I wanted with my set of products. And the re and the beauty of that is that I could try different things. I could be creative. I could be innovative. And there was basically no real parameters for me to work in so long as the results would come in eventually, right? And one of the things that I learned in those hidden moments when you're doing a product that is not in anybody's radar is that you have to work consistently. You have to be creative and you have to create partnerships. And by creating good partnerships, you actually develop um, a lot of different ways to get into the marketplace. And one of the partnerships that you develop is, for me anyway, was I created this thing called the Developer User Group. And that was a great entry point to getting into a lot of influencers. But I had the, I had the empowerment to do it. I didn't have to report to anyone to say, I'm gonna create a Developer User Group. Because once again, being under the radar was great. But what it also taught me 
is that it is in those hard moments where you don't get any spotlight or resources is where you build your foundation of competencies and in essence, the ability for you to trust yourself and what you are going to decide. So I actually found that those moments were actually my training ground. And those were the great training grounds before I moved on to a more high profile role, which was being a product manager for Office, which was obviously a you know, pretty big product for Microsoft. Um, but like I said, it is in those moments that people don't see that to me is the most valuable development uh, opportunity and you should take advantage of that. And that is where, um, as part of what you said, Sal, self-assessment comes into play, where you talk about the ability for you to assess yourself along the three core drivers around authenticity, competency, and empathy. And once you're honest with yourself, then I think you are very clear where your development path is going to be and how you can then work with others. And what I think you've also covered is around partnership. Because to get exponential results, it's not about doing it on your own. And partnership here is not just within your team, but it's also with external parties. So um, obviously, trust and empowerment is a big part of developing partnership with people outside of the organization, whether it's with your partners or your customers, um, your re retailers, resellers, distributors, and so on. So trust and empowerment goes a long way. It is not just within your team, but it's also with you know, all the people that you need to interact with. So that's why you said empowerment leadership is a critical piece of it. And what I want to emphasize is as part of your development process, it comes in all the moments where you think it's uh, hard and that nobody sees you or nobody values you. But that is if you're committed to it and you're persistent and you do it faithfully, that is where you basically develop a lot of the skills that you'll need to be someone that is viewed as a leader that people can trust and therefore you learn how to empower in that process. So Sal, do you have anything to add? I like the fact that you mentioned about dark developer user group. I remember who created that. It was Lisa Lam. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it was a nucleus of software development in Malaysia because at that point in time, you know, while you say that this is hidden, this, it was a hidden thing that you were doing from like, you know, not quite um, the spotlight as far as many other departments are concerned, but it, it was actually very, very strategic. And I think a lot of strategic things people sometimes do not know or do not understand what this team <laughs> practically yep. did, you know, because, but but whenever it comes um, business review, all of a sudden the question is, how many developers do we have? <laughs> yep. You know, and how how many yeah how many partners have we developed from that perspective? So those questions came in, and it's really very strategic in terms of creating the local software ecosystem and all those stuff, which brings back to whatever that you said just now, partnership, and then the empowerment. Yeah, you have very, you you were really empowered to do all this stuff, and I think um this is really a good takeaway. I like the the fact that you know taking pride and passion in what you do, regardless, you know, how small it may sound, just because no one is looking, right? So that's all that I want to, to kind of, you know, add it to what you've just said. I recognize those. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and, and uh, I will still go back to um, what we have discussed, which is basically it's very important to do that self-assessment because we need to be responsible and accountable to our own self-development. 
and earning trust, building trust is definitely one of the key foundation in working effectively, creating exponential results. Without all those, it would not happen. So that's basically it, Lisa. Okay, great, Sal. So let me just quickly summarize into three takeaways. The first is trust leads to empowerment leadership and all the benefits that come with that. Number two, how would you go about developing trust? Like what Sal has suggested, it all starts with authenticity, competency, and empathy. And to do a self-assessment around those key areas would be a great starting point. And last but not least, it's around partnership between you as a leader, as well as the people that you lead. Because trust works, like like Sal correctly pointed out, it works both ways. And empowerment is a progress that works both ways as well, because the more you trust, the more you'll empower, the more you've proven yourself, you know, the cycle continues and it just grows. So I would say, take your time. It's something that, you know, requires time. It requires commitment and dedication. It's not something that, you know, happens overnight. So persevere with it. And, you know, you'll be surprised that one day you'll see that uh, exponential results is more than just the numbers itself, but it's everything that's um, part of that whole process. So as always, Thank you very much. Please subscribe, like, and share the podcast. I hope that you've learned at least one thing that you're able to apply in your leadership journey. And as always, you're not alone in your struggles as a manager.